Welcome to the fundamental interconnectedness of all things. See, it's already better. My name is Jeremy. I'm Eric. And uh, we're going to open up the show uh, with an exciting beer tasting extravaganza. So, Eric, what have you brought us this week? I uh, I brought some St. Pauli Girl, which See, is... See, it's going to be extra special. It's imported from Germany. From from St. Pauli Brauerei in Deutschland. Yeah, imported. How many people out there do you think don't know what St. Pauli Girl is? I mean, Brewed in Germany. Yeah, that's probably a, one of the uh, ubiquitous beers, isn't it? I mean... What do you mean ubiquitous? Ubiquitous is it's it's there. It's always there. It's all... Okay, it's yeah. Almost yeah. everywhere you... I got this at Rockies, okay, uh, which is like a tiny little liquor store. It's got maybe... 20 different kinds of beers and there's St. Pauli Girl. You know what St. Pauli Girl is to me? I haven't opened my beer yet. Uh, you have so don't don't spill the beans. Don't spill the beer. Uh, St. Pauli Girl to me is whenever we would go on canoe trips when I was a kid uh, everyone would always bring either Budweiser or Miller uh, or if they were feeling a little exquisite they would bring St. Pauli Girl. Everybody, it's German. You know, the cooler would open. They'd be like, oh, you got St. Pauli Girl? And then they they would crack open the St. Pauli. So, like, this was, like, the fine, the champagne of riverboats. Yes, riverboats. <laughs> of, river, of canoeing. And, river beers. Uh, anyways, so I've, I'm sure I've had St. Pauli Girl before. But now here's but the you problem. So you don't, you don't, you, oh. it kind of just sits in your mind like oh yeah i've had it i know what yeah it's like. I, so it's, to to like really sit down and like yeah like think analyze about it, it analyze it is is something totally different um i can tell you it, it's a green bottle and i'm always yeah. skeptical of green bottles Loggers, how about yeah. how about heineken's heineken's are classically in the green bottle are those ever skunky i think so how about uh, i don't like heineken very much how about the rolling rock no, I've never had a skunky Rolling Rock. I don't think I've ever had a skunky Rolling Rock either. Nope. But then again, Rolling Rock is not imported and shipped across. No, it's from, this it's is actually from brewed. It says right here, oh, it's really? brewed in Germany. Oh my gosh. So they got so a, maybe that's where the skunk comes from. Is well, well, how do you know it's skunky? You haven't tried it. I haven't tried it, but... I mean, well, I, I'm, I'm reasoning this. <laughs> yes. You're wheezing it out. <laughs> I'm reasoning this out hey, logically. Wheezy, how's this beer? If they brew the beer in Germany... Uh, and bottle it there, and then they probably put it on ice right away, don't you think? Chill it e. for the local deliveries. But then they have to take whatever the American supply is. I don't know. Lager beers are traditionally drink at at like fifty degrees. Aren't they? Aren't lagers cold? Drink. Lagers are drank cold. Ales and whatnot can be drank at like really? fifty-five. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You should look that up. I think you might have that reversed. I will we'll look it up after the show, but I'm almost positive that lagers are best drank. Oh, cold. we're already buttonheads here. I think lagers are 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 drank at the same temperature that they're, they're brewed at, like basement temperature, 55 degrees. Uh, ales, ales are pilsners are supposed to be cold. I think you've got it backwards. Well, all right, whatever. But. Uh, at any rate, I would totally look it up right now, but the computer is just chunking along, so I don't want to waste uh, waste oh, the time. There you go. Uh, oh, oh, it's uh, Firefox doing its daily updates like it always is. Anyways, snack burger. Well, so crack that sucker open and tell me what you well, think. So, anyways, I guess what I was saying is it gets on that ship, it sits in the crate, it's got to go overseas, it's probably it, yeah. warming up yeah, and cooling yeah. down, it's sits in the docks problems. in New York. It's still kind of foamy. It's got a good head. Yeah, I mean, but it's not I, like it's losing carbonation. I mean, isn't kind of like. The way skunky flavor was explained to me, and maybe I have this wrong, is like, it's kind of like extreme temperature changes in beers over a long course of time can contribute heavily to a skunk flavor. Okay. Like, if, like if you have like a, a case of beer and you leave it in your garage Ooh. for for two months and it heats up and cools down, heats up and cools down, and you're like, oh, then you chill it and you're like, Ugh. I don't know. I'm not sure. I would say that uh, in addition to maybe sunlight, because green bottles, sun, yeah, you right, know, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's why brown bottles are very popular for yes. beer because sunlight does affect because it somehow does something with the oxygen, and then especially with wine, it it, it oxidizes it, and then yeah, I don't what, know why where the skunk flavor would come from though ketones or what, whatever those those chemical arrangements are. But it might be time, it might be temperature, it might be all those. It might, it's, it might also be hops, like the particular kind of hops they use. Yeah. You know, there might be um, some some of that skunky f- taste, flavor, palate overtone in, in some of the different uh, species of hops that they use. I don't know. I, I just, I, I've opened mine, I've drank it. Uh, the first smell opening it up was like all right. super skunky. So according to the first website, oh, there's a lot of words, but on the Google summary, it says... Uh, uh, inevitably, lager styles will have been adapted to perform best at lower temperatures. So I, I could so read lower the- temperatures would be like cold. Yeah, but uh, here you go. Ooh, 
<laughs> smells like a skunk just shot its load into my beer bottle here. Perform best in terms of like taste and flavor and drinking. Yeah, drinkability. Oh, I guess so. It's very skunky. The, the flavor yeah. isn't so skunky. <laughs> You're right. There's like a... But the smell was just like, woo, that first waft. There's like a lingering... Yeah taste that just hangs no, the on your tongue taste there. there but the, the for first me crack was just like wow well, no it stinks like i'll get out but anyway I mean, so it's so st paulie goes kind of skunky you know what are you gonna do there's there's nothing you can do about it you buy it it's it also might be that it sits in a, in a little liquor store like rockies for for a year six or two. months before someone's yeah. like i i remember st paulie girl i'm gonna yeah. get a pick. it was cheaper than all the other beers i mean they had optimator right next to it that was 8.99 and this was like 6.99 i'm like oh Seven bucks for a six pack of salad. I think girl. people buy it for this German chick with the oh, yeah, with the, the on the front there. Well, she's got that nice. Well, what's the thing that's holding up her boobs? What? Yeah, a Bustenhalter. A Bustenhalter. A, a later, she's wearing a, a dirndl. Yeah, is that what it is? And then the well, that's and then, the name of the dress. And then she's got yeah the Oktoberfest leaders. She's got three six of them, yeah. three in each hand. But she's got the string that's kind of holding her 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 top together. And uh-huh. you, and you kind of like just, a football player. You just kind of imagine just like giving a. T- she's holding the leaders. She's like, hey boys, and you're like, Whoa, whoop. and then she's serving you eight drinks. All right, anyways, kind of like in. Uh, because she's got National Lampoon's European Vacation. I don't remember. Was there was there some boobies in that? Oh movie? yeah, you oh. don't remember that? You know what? I've only ever seen that on TV, and it's always been edited for content. Oh wow! Still a funny movie, that even movie. on TV. That, I, I that movie it. is one of my favorite movies. Honestly, I, I, I have why. the first two vacations. Yeah, remember Rusty? Hey. Rusty. Rusty. Well, they they go to to Oktoberfest or whatever, and that's where like Cliff Clyde, what's his name? Uh, Cl- Chuck. Yeah. Oh jeez, I don't know. Clark. Clark. He gets, he starts dancing, right, with the, and he's, ding, doo, 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 and he's, like, kicking. Oh, okay. So then, and Rusty kind of sneaks off on his own, and he meets this German girl, and, and they're kissing for a little while behind the barn or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, she just goes, boing, and he's like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, awesome. It's pretty funny. So that reminded me of the little, I and I think she was wearing one of those shirts, too. Oh, with the like, string? And she just Whoop. went, shoop. But they just plump. I do. I think I do remember that because I think as a kid I was like, I want to go to Europe. I want my parents <laughs> to take me to Europe because seems like freaky things are happening to youngsters over oh, yeah. in Europe. Oh yeah. And then that scene where that girl was eating all that food and that that was a that's a French punk band. And I was like, I always wanted to get the soundtrack. Like the first time I saw that movie, I was like, Oh, I gotta get the soundtrack. There's so many really cool songs on that. It's like this punk french it's it's really really cool she's like eating all that food and it just keeps she's having this nightmare because her boyfriend back home you know is like look, is, it, is like playing the field because she's so fat and so she's freaking out that she's going to go to europe and eat all these fatty is that foods. rusty's sister yeah rusty's oh, okay, sister. okay 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 so she has this nightmare where she, they, oh. just, they just keep bringing her all this food and she's just like oh blah, blah. <laughs> and there's this French punk playing in the background. It's really funny. I, I need to scene. I need to rewatch that movie. It's been a long time. And but, the beginning is so so classic. Maybe that's my homework is to pig in a poke. It pays to be a glutton. Pig in a poke. Yeah, <laughs> it's a game show where. Oh, okay. It's very 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 funny. Yes. It's Maybe that'll movie. be my homework for this week is to actually watch that movie again. It's a really good So movie. I can recall some of this. Oh, it's hilarious. I can Hilarity. Re- I can recall the first movie, but not so much the second movie. I don't even... It's Wally World and... and Wally World. They go Candy, to the Grand Canyon. Candy John there, Candy is... They're the shooting the moose or something, and he... Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I even saw that whole... Rusty somebody dies, it. and they're hauling this dead body around on oh, the, the roof. the mother. Clark's mother-in-law, I think, or aunt-in-law or something. Hmm. But anyways. I, I don't even think I ever saw that one all the way through. I don't know why... And I, I saw a couple... I saw, like, the... The European no, I saw the uh, the Christmas one. That was all right. I didn't see the Christmas one. I saw the um, Vegas one. I saw a little bit of that one. I Vegas s- one was kind of funny. Somehow that that European one. I don't know. That's that's the one. Really, that gets yeah, you. really struck my chords. Nice. That and Strange Brew. Seriously, best movies ever. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm best two ever. Can't so be goofball. <laughs> all right. So let me ask you this. Uh, that's what I want my life to be like. European vacation or Strange Brew? Which one gets the top spot? Oh man. Which one's number one? Probably Strange Brew. Okay. Uh, and so then European Vacation, what's number three on the top three? Oh, my God. We're going to talk about movies again? No, no, no. This is just a... Just off the you top of my head. Let's, let's, I, let's, you know? You're on a desert island. You have a DVD player and a TV, and you can have three DVDs with you. You've got Strange Brew, European <sighs> Vacation, and 
Princess Mononoke. Oh, let me tell you about Princess Mononoke oh. real quick. <laughs> that wasn't even like an intentional like set me up for this. Um, so I, we watched. Uh, I've got Ella, right? She's four, and uh, we've been watching some of the Miyazaki films. We watched Ponyo. Sure. We watched uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Totoro. I, have you seen? I any have either? Totoro. Totoro's and good. I'm getting good ready for kids. To, to to get that one. In Best there. one so for kids, actually. I, I actually kind of want to watch. I wanted to watch Spirited Away with her. Now I don't know. Good one. What the content is of all these films? But so far, the ones that I've seen, even Howl's Moving Castle, to a certain degree, is pretty a mellow. lot of fantasy and yeah. mellow, and I think it would be tolerable. is pretty pretty heavy duty. Yeah. So I, I I don't know if I didn't I didn't tell you that. No. So Oops. I put in I, I was looking for Spirited Away and I I can't find it. I don't have it. So I I actually Netflix that so I can watch that sometime coming up because I've never seen that. So I'm like I do have Princess Mononoke. So we throw that in there, and the opening scene is that evil bear like the the demon. Yeah. And I'm like okay this is all right. She kind of gets the concept of of bad guys and good guys and and then they kill it and she's like did they kill him and i'm like well he he's a he's bad he's a demon demon. what's a demon she didn't go there and i was like all right so i kind of dodged that bullet well then the kid they kind of kick him out of the village and he's like he 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 rides on his little unicorn horse (laughs) he's cutting heads off not yet no i didn't get to that but all right all right but they get to the scene where there's like a war going on in a village and like in the distance you see arrows like slicing into people's hearts and i'm like all right well that's in the distance and uh, there's no blood and then he shoot he shoots an arrow and i see this coming in slow motion i'm like scrambling for the remote control because as he shoots the arrow somebody else puts their hands up and i'm like oh no oh no and i can't get to the remote control soon enough and the arrow slices through these hands of this guy and the hands go falling off and i hit the stop and she's like papa what happened to that man's hands and i'm like uh i don't know let's watch a different movie wow i'm sorry (laughs) i I thought i told you that that it was a little bit heavy duty no so i mean i kind of i I respect that i mean apparently he's not genre locked into a a genre he's not like i'm a children's movie worst that was he's a movie maker yeah yeah that was the most powerful one you're not gonna show your kid the graveyard of the fireflies either though would they really understand it no they wouldn't understand it i mean there's there's not so much violence it would just be like sad like the whole time right it's a it's a very it's a very Filling movie, yeah. dense. It's so like you, a, so it's like she didn't have any problem with you. Like, whoops, we're gonna watch a different movie. No, no, didn't really think about it too no. much. I'm sorry. I didn't no, it's that, not but, your fault. Um, I just none of the other ones, as far as I'm concerned. My neighbor Totoro. Oh my god, best movie for kids ever. Okay, that well. is. There's like no. There's a couple. There's like one really weird scene that still kind of weirds me out. Where this little girl goes into the woods and meets the king of the forest. Yeah, and he's this huge hairy dude, and he's like and she's like hopping on his belly and he shouts at her and it's kind of weird but I don't mind that so much I mean even if it looks a little suggestive or whatever I mean and he's just like it's kind of weird but no, I mean that is like the best movie for kids ever. And Nausicaa, even there's there's I mean there's a ship that crashes and then at the end, have you seen it? Have nope. you seen Nausicaa? No. Nope. There's this giant demon that they that they're trying to rebuild uh-huh. that that is I think actually uh, is throwback and reminiscent of the the history of Japan where the the nuclear oh, right. bomb sure. dropped and it's like this huge super powerful but they they turn it into a being that they're trying to regrow. To, to, to uh, you know, wreak war and havoc across the land. But isn't that kind of Miyazaki's uh, deal, is that he kind of, like, mirrors Je- J- Japan or Japanese culture or history in his films? Well, he can't really but help it. Right. But, I mean, you know, he's I mean, heavily influenced American by his films are, are totally heavily influenced by it. Look at... Mm, well, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I mean, what is that? That's... Violence and... Okay, well, but it's kind of American. American. I mean, it's dan. You know, the dancing and the and the cars. I don't know, isn't it? And the diners and the. I don't know. It's kind of Bonnie and Clyde-ish. It's I, American. Yeah, maybe. Come on, don't yeah. don't don't start nitpicking here. No, I'm not. A, a nitp- good I'm director not, is gonna you is gonna draw on his culture. I'm not saying it's and a bad. The history of, of of the society that he grew up in. I'm not to, saying it's a bad a thing at all. Film. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing at all. I mean, I think even. Ponyo had a bunch of social commentary on on uh, Japan, maybe the way Japan's treated their their oceans, or because there was a lot of um, uh, they showed you a lot of garbage in the oceans, and they, they yeah. I mean, there's a lot of detail shown in in uh, the care of the oceans, and, yeah, and what. Sure. So I don't know if Japan's got like problems with that, or well, I'm not. sure they do because they you know they, I mean, they're an industry. island and they 
They, well, the the whole whaling industry, you know. Sure. Well, it's it's crazy what's going on in the world right now in terms of like, you know, garbaging up the the system. Well, that's rivers that they dump all the that brings up uh, that brings up an interesting uh, segue there. How, did we finish the beer thing here? Oh, it's skunky. Actually, it I, it's kind of growing on me. But I, I mean, it's not like a beer that I would be like, "Hey, yeah, you guys want to party tonight with some St. Pauli girl?" Right. You right. Know? I mean, when it said lager, I was like, "Oh, it's a different kind of lager." Because right. when you when you mentioned Rolling Rock. It's like, a lager. Well, I, it, it's a lager, and it's in a green bottle. I've never had a skunky Rolling Rock ever. I, I don't think I've ever had. A skunky but then again, you know what? Rock. I've had. A, what else goes skunky a lot? What's another? What pops into your head? What's a stereotypical skunky? Corona. Beer? Corona. So it's like these beers that are brewed overseas and brought over here, and maybe not treated with the best of care on right. their trip. On the way, I think it's right. about the trip, right? Yeah, it's all about the journey. It's, it's not the all about the journey. Sometimes the destination sucks, but you might have a really good journey. Hell yeah! Those Coronas that come over here all, all skunky, but you had an awesome time. It reminds there. me of Jason Havy's post about his uh, camping trip. Oh. The heaven and hell thing, which was really astute, actually. You know, he had many, many if, comments. If you could, on his uh, post. if you could, you know, if if heaven and hell do exist, and you could combine them into one, that would be a camping trip in October in, in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. And I, I really wanted to kind of shoot in there and say, well. You've never been to Kohler Andre during a <laughs> hurricane. <Damn> monsoon. <laughs> right. But then again, I was I was also going to post something about, you know, I think every single camping trip that you have is kind of balanced between some good times and, and some hardships. You know what I mean? Because that's, if you ever had a perfect camping trip, I feel like, oh, that, we're done. That's it. We, we've, we, the bar has been raised to a certain point that we can never, you know, you can't, you can't beat it. I don't know that I but those were all just agree with that. Yeah. I mean, if you have like a really good camping experience, you're going to want to go next time because remember that great camping experience we had last time? Let's do that again, but let, ooh, let's, let's bump it up a notch. Bump it up a notch, right. right and then you go and then it's cold, it's freezing uh, for, for whatever reason or in uh, your food, like the raccoons steal your food or something happens. And then you come home and you're like, wow, we had a miserable time. And then you tell the story to your coworkers and they kind of laugh and you're like, hey, yeah, actually, it's kind of funny yeah i guess we did have a good time after all uh. that reminds me of something that i've been thinking about a lot lately um <clears throat> not a lot lately but i just thought of it the other day and it's, <laughs> it's something that no but it's by it's, a lot lately i mean just once well no, no ahead, i i thought about it and then i kind of refined it into i, I tried to write it down into like a sentence to, okay to kind of get this thought and and i couldn't really do it because there's so many different ways to say it let me try to okay lay it out there <clears throat> and it kind of deals with that Deals with what? Somebody, uh, like, a good times, bad times. Okay. Uh, when my woman left home with a brown eye man and I still don't seem to care. Good times, bad times. You know, Take I've had good, my share. You have the bad. And there you have the facts of life. It's the facts of life. Anyway, good. Um, wh- what was my point? I don't know. You were trying to make it. I was just trying to get some setup here. What what, oh. did, I, what did I say that reminded you of the good oh, times and the bad times? It was the times good times and, and the bad times. Um, yeah. Norm, like regular people yeah. have a tendency to define their lives by what happens every day. They go to work. They drive their car. They, you know, they, they look forward to Christmas or whatever. Um, and so they, they, don't, they don't have a lot of really interesting stories. A lot of their stories revolve around those everyday activities. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, a good storyteller... A good director, a good a good actor, a good somebody that's 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 uh, that's in that field is somebody that doesn't define themselves by those everyday normal activities. It's somebody that defines themselves um, or relates a lot more to those extreme situations where, wow, you know, that's what defined me as a person. So when they when they push the when they push the boundary of something, and they and they kind of stretch that reality of of what's accepted and what's the norm that's what they remember and that's what they strive to 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 uh get back to sure you know not just oh wow yeah i was there i'm gonna go back oh now i'm back in my comfort zone no the comfort zone is actually boom front of the mind thinking constantly like wow we're out here now we're we're doing this and maybe that has something to do with add i mean to get back to that you know what I mean? Because I sometimes, and this is why I said I've been thinking about it a lot, 
when, when uh, where I, I actually just thought of it the other day, but I have been thinking about it a lot because so you were finally I'm trying able to, to figure out. It. I'm still trying to figure out what you know where I fit in because I'm not really comfortable just uh, everyday life. Oh yeah, well we cut the grass again and I'm gonna watch NASCAR. Well, no, he, I I, yeah. I want to. I don't want to jump off mountains, well, but that's what came into my mind. Right, right. Let me, uh, let me um, counter, not counter. Let me agree, but but put it a different way. Maybe um, I always kind of uh, want to shudder or kick myself a little bit when I when I catch myself telling one of those mundane stories of, well, I was mowing the lawn the other day and uh, there was this this rabbit and he jumped in front and I was like, oh my god, there's a rabbit, you know, like, uh, and everyone's kind of like, yeah, because yeah. like maybe to you, oh, yeah, was, I saw a rabbit the other day, so. yeah, you know, like there's a lot of rabbits or, this year, or when you I think were, it's all the rain. How's the weather going to be? Yeah, right. Or when you were when you were working a full time <laughs> job, I mean, did you ever have coworkers or whatever that would be like? You know, tell you stories like, oh, I was using the fax machine the other day and it jammed, and I, I tried it again and it jammed again, and then I, I brought in the thing and it was beeping, and I didn't know what to do. And you're kind of like, I got some Sam, I got to do something. I feel like that all the time. Well, okay, but my point is, is that I, I don't generally like being the person that tells those stories. And every now and then you just do, and you're like, whoa, you tell the story, and then when nobody says anything, you're like, yeah, I just fucking told them those stories. And then you kind of like wander off. But I think if. You, um, <laughs> what? I don't know. Maybe it's in the telling of the story. I suppose. Could that be it? Maybe. Oh my God. And then the, this, this, I, I was just saying, I'm saying, and this light just started blinking <laughs> and it just right in my eye. I was like standing there and it's, it was a certain color that just really got to me and it just pissed me off. And then it reminded me of this color on my dashboard of my car that says, check engine. I'm like, and this light just oh I'm like don't tell me so what I to do flipped the copier over and mm. unplugged it and then I realized oh, I have to dial a 9 before I can send a fax and if I had just done that isn't that a funny story you guys so I, I had to I, I'm like who? somebody should have a big make a big sign a big sign that says push 9 before, before you start there should be well, a memo. I'm sending a memo, a nationwide memo. Well, Jeremy, there is one to the left of the copier. Oh, that's well, too that's small. ridiculous. Nobody bigger. looks over there. No, now but you're just making fun of me. <laughs> the point is, is that um, you, the, the my favorite stories to tell at work are like, you know, we went to Vegas and we did this cool thing in Vegas, or we went to the mountains, we did this cool thing in the mountains, or see that mountain over there? I pissed on it. Various, wow, yeah, the, Jeremy, the adventure. Pissed I pissed all you have over a that picture mountain. Of that? The various adventure things that you do, but I think once you start making those commonplace, those end up becoming your office fax machine stories. Oh, right. And then right. you're like, well, I climbed six mountains in six days, you know, but I ate this grilled cheese sandwich and it was so awesome. Oh my God, it so was it was delectable. Yes. So my point is, is that they had a really nice copier in the. I uh, think you have to do the routine and the mundane uh, to get enjoyment out of the non-routine and non-mundane because when you do like the adventuresome stuff if you do that all your life Steve you Irwin no, you have no you have no background you have no base you have no solid cornerstone right. to, to base that Steve Irwin probably on. would would go to the bar after shooting uh, you know God rest his soul uh, and people would be like oh crikey tell me about a crocodile and he'd be like oh, just I I would just like to drink my Fosters in peace. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. I want to hear about your fax machine. <laughs> Do you, does anybody have any clever telephone stories? Did somebody get a call from somebody that just didn't go well? I'd like to hear one of those stories. How about a tech support call? Does anybody yeah, have one of those? That's uh, that's that's a very good point because, and actually, that that kind of dovetails into another thing I've been thinking about is that. You need that regularity. You need that that basis of of uh, especially when it comes to to culture mm -hmm. and family and tradition. It's like if you didn't have that, you wouldn't know. There, there'd be no uh, frame of reference, and so you wouldn't. I mean, I, I I'm not even necessarily talking about like inside jokes or anything, but you you wouldn't know who you were, where you're coming from, what what you believe, you know, and that's. I, really important to to be able to to push those boundaries you know you you have to know the the background before you can like start start painting the foreground oh that's true <clears throat> maybe i'm kind of obsessed with that because i don't what I don't, living on the edge well yeah like pushing the boundaries like who's you know, saying that song uh, living on the edge it's, uh, aerosmith oh thank you Jeez. um 
I, I, because I don't, I don't do it enough. I don't, I don't do stuff like that enough. I don't go camping enough. I don't go on. Would trips you call enough. camping living on the edge? <laughs> well, not living on the edge. All right, maybe that was a little too heavy like, of a of a phrase to to it's throw. Living out. like five miles away from the edge <laughs> with a safety harness and a well, supermarket next no, door. No, no, actually, there's probably a lot of people in this in this society right now that would just not want anything to do with camping. I mean, okay, New York City. We I went to New York City a couple of weeks ago. I just about guarantee if you'd ask, you know, somebody that's grown up in New York City, never saw anything but concrete and big buildings all over the place and said, Hey, you're gonna fly out to Wisconsin and you're gonna sleep in a tent uh fifty miles from the nearest uh Walmart. Uh whatever. Uh Yeah, but we don't do that. Well, Andre Kohler was 17 miles from Oshkosh, which has a super Walmart. Okay, whatever. Dodgeville has All a super right. Walmart. Well, I yeah, mean, now you're nitpicking. I, no, I'm not nitpicking. I'm just, I'm just, we're not, it's not like we necessarily You're going to sleep in a tent out in the middle of a big field. 17 with, miles away from a hotel. Yes, yes. Well, it's not, not really on the edge. For, for people that have grown up, you know, living... On the thirty-fourth floor of a huge building, with 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 seven thousand other people living in the same building, and their their experience consists of hopping on the elevator and riding it down with, and your neighbor is like a guy that you know that you don't go and ride your bike around on the street. You go and and play kickball in the hall or whatever. I mean, it's there's there's it's a difference. I don't uh, know. No, I only agree with that uh, uh, to a certain extent, but I I don't agree that. I I see I see just the the opposite kind of with camping. I see a lot of people that are like, oh, I love camping, but not necessarily. Now you got to define your camping parameters. Like one guy that I work with, uh, who I would never expect to be a camper. He's he's a big guy and he likes to play video games. He, he likes to stay inside. He likes to stay indoors and uh, doesn't like to take walks. Really loves Walmart, etc. Uh, but just one day out of the blue, he's just like, oh man, I love camping. I love just sitting around that fire with some beers. Oh man, it's so cool. I love that. I don't think there's many people, even in New York City or Chicago, that wouldn't once every two or three years go camping. I don't disagree with that either, but I think what I'm trying to say is that in terms of... Because this this little triad right here, this little... What we're into right now started with you saying that you were making fun of me for saying living on the edge. And I I'm not making I fun of you. I just well, you know, I'm just I'm just I didn't really mean it in terms of like well, oh my god, we're like it. we sang the song and we're that's living on the edge. Yeah, we're we're climbing up. 400 foot straight up cliff wall that's going to take us a week when you're camping on the side of a mountain yeah then you're living on the edge yeah. no you're figuratively the and edge. literally blah 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 hang gliding parachuting i would call those uh, living on the edge okay for so sure. living on the edge um the the phrase that i use there uh folks i apologize it was a little too strong for, well, for what I, I was just, talking about you know um dodging trains is living on the edge um camping doing things Dodge. a little bit out of the norm Things, things that would that would garner a better story than getting your finger stuck in the in the copier at work or the pencil right? sharpener. Oh or, man, right, I was sharpening right. my pencil. Oh, I couldn't send it back. You know, so the the kind of story that you could stand around the water cooler or the or the the the. Uh, at the, at the Chinese buffet and, right. and and talk to your coworkers about and it wouldn't just kind of you wouldn't have to like walk away feeling oh my god I can't <laughs> you know something like hey oh we wait can't, oh my god and the storm came in and then we saw the snake and it was like oh it was crazy and it was just it was ridiculous my daughter was running around and we got some really cool pictures you see the pictures are really a lot of fun you know and we got burnt on the beach and yeah there was sea snakes and we were wrestling alligators and- <laughs> that's living on the edge. Uh, yeah, exactly. See, the first part of that was not living on the edge, but yes, quit can make for an interesting story. Much more interesting than well, I was got my grass. I saw a bunny. There's so many bunnies this year. I think it was the weather. Boy, my driveway has a lot of cracks in wow. it. I'm going to seal that. I'm going to get that sealed this summer. This summer, I'm going to get that sealed. Yeah, do you know what kind of what's the best uh, kind of sealer to use? Do, do you, you use uh, Morton sealant or do you use 
Johnny's ceiling. Driscoll's. Driscoll's, <laughs> Driscoll's ceiling. Is that, yeah. is that the good one? Oh, yeah. That's with the, oh. with the CS. But I heard Quickcrete came out with a new compound. Shouldn't I be using that? I haven't heard about that. Maybe oh. you can check that out. It's we should got, do a it, blog about it. It's silicone-based. <laughs> it's, it's made by 3M. That's got to be good. It's yeah, probably yeah. really good for the environment, too. I, I heard it's really good I think they the seal up the eagle's nests with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Um, I was so just camping having... is a little edgier than getting a, a photocopy, right? Or sealing your driveway, right? Right. Well, so, unless and, and, unless while you're sealing your driveway, you accidentally seal your hand to the driveway well, and you're okay, stuck there okay. for like a but day and a half. Like, yeah. oh my god, then my wife was out of town. But okay, uh, my the, neighbors just kept coming over and laughing at me and throwing acorns at my lemonade face. And I, was so, <laughs> I was so thirsty and it was awful. Now that would make a good story, but I understand what you're saying. Yes, I'm just, I am kind of nitpicking, but that's okay. That's fine. Because well, okay, but what's the, the point? The so point, you want to point camp was, more often? No, back or? back to the back to the original main thing that I brought up. I think was that um, storytellers have a tendency to kind of seek out those adventurous things and define their lives more by those and think about them more often when they are doing their mundane tasks instead of getting so concentrated on their mundane tasks that that becomes their life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, and that's I think why I couldn't really handle Cubicleville because I got I was like I was like or, or when I'm driving that's why I like driving in New York because it was push push go go when I'm driving around here yeah it's fine if I'm moving if I'm moving and sometimes I will go ten miles out of my way just to if, keep moving just to keep moving because I cannot sit there when there's these idiots that don't know what the hell they're doing that I'm like oh would you oh. Oh, I, I feel like Peter Griffin. Oh. Ow. Oh. But see, you can go to work the next day and tell your horrible traffic jam story. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not the kind of story I want to tell. Everybody, because everybody has those stories. And then you walk everybody away going, tells those stories. I, I want to tell the story where, story. oh my gosh, we were at this, uh, we were at this, at this, uh, we were at Colorandry and it turns out that when lightning hits sand, it creates this glass tube and they found one and they dug it up and they put it in this thing and it's there and you can go and see it and, and you can't you, Okay, it. so here's the thing. You already seen that too. No, no, not necessarily that. But you have to also consider your um, I'm a storyteller is what I'm trying to say. I, I feel like I am a storyteller. Well, I'm just saying that you have to sometimes than consider a... your audience. I mean, if, for example, <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> a bunch of fat guys that don't do nothing but eat there's, meat. And, there's, yeah, there's there's a relatable yeah. uh, 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 event there where, where if you go is there in. there a Xerox machine? And you're t- telling them about what, what, were what the, are the bathrooms like? They, <laughs> <laughs> is there a bidet? <laughs> Well, they're not rich. <laughs> uh, what kind of toilet paper was there? Uh, um, when you start telling <laughs> stories about lightning bolts that hit sand dunes, and then the did the, you get reception on your cell phone? The pretty patterns that they leave, um, you know, sometimes they just kind of tune out, and you like lose your audience. Well, okay, because that's, that's those, why I don't. That's why I don't. I've told those kind of like adventuresome stories, like oh, we found this really cool thing, and, and blah, we pissed blah, blah, blah. on it. We peed all over. It was awesome. Oh, like, really? You pissed on it? And then they're like, dude, I, uh, I gotta go back to work. I got I got a dongle to install. But I mean, okay, a whole so bunch of them actually. Is that what life kind of boils down to for you? For me, just, like, uh, yeah, I think I, that's 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 kind of my point. Is that I I I kind of seek out and def- and I want to define. Uh, the 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 person. Am I? A, I'm a person, right? I want to define Eric as. Uh, Have you already defined Eric? As what? 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 Know. Why? Why? As, uh, that, no, I'm. I'm. No, come on. Constantly, we're redefining ourselves <laughs> as human beings, aren't we? No, I'm. I'm. I've, I've been defined. You've been the same since twelve. Since, oh, then where's your trench coat? Where's your Where's your big hair? It's in the closet. It's, you just well, what are you, what are you acting right now? You're, yeah, you're, I'm just pretending. You're pretending to be yeah. Jeremy, the responsible one. Yeah. Oh, the responsible one. Yeah. When you leave, the trench coat comes on. Oh. I got hair extensions. I, I think I've seen you at Taco Bell at two in the morning. <laughs> well, Not that's there, been a while. Your... That's taken me back. Okay, you're right. I guess we are constantly changing. Constantly We're constantly evolving. changing, and and I I would rather define myself with those moments of of not extreme, but kind of like living. And when I said living on the edge, I didn't mean like 
death defying but like on the edge of our brains like using using our brains instead of just kind of going oh i know this oh i'm gonna follow this path oh yeah this is what i know i'm just gonna stick by it oh uh, there's a little bit of an anomaly in what i'm doing because usually i make the photocopies and if i have to change the paper it's down in this drawer oh and there was no paper in that drawer. there was no so legal size i had to look up in the cabinet. Oh my gosh! I had to look in the cabinet. So it I was to, crazy. I had to grab some A4 and use the paper cutter to cut it down to legal size. Right, and it whatever. Was kind of off measure, but my boss didn't notice, so that yeah. was a relief. Whew, but they shredded all those documents anyways because that whole project was axed. <laughs> so, shoo! I got off the hook. So I dodged what the bullet there. What a great story. How long did that take you? Oh, that was four weeks. Oh, he's gonna <laughs> four weeks doing that, huh? He got shredded. Yeah, but at least I'm off the chopping block. Whoo! Dodged a bullet. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I'd rather tell the story about the, the wow, when that one time, you know. When, when that thing happened, it was yeah, awesome I and exciting. I can't think of any particular details, but. I'm with you, I just, but you want I mean, because every day at, at where I work, you know, it's like, it's, it seems to be totally different. It's totally, there's different people coming in and new people and, and, and I'm interacting with them and I'm a different person and I got different stuff and it's like. Okay, but, but, but hang on a second. You don't necessarily have stories to tell. I'm sure you, uh, let's, let me back up. I'm sure you have plenty of stories to tell. I'm sure you've gained a lot of insight and you've met a lot of characters. I think I've told a lot of stories uh, yeah, on this yeah. podcast experience that we're, that we have here about customer. I could probably tell stories about what happened today. Let's see what happened well, today. But hang on a second. Oh my God. There was a woman that came in today. She, oh, her little girl. Whew, it was like, it was a black guy and, and an, uh, an Indian woman, like, like native Indian. Native American? Native American. Oh, Native, Native Indian? Yes, yes. She came in. Wait, from? Native American. Sorry. Okay. And they had a kid, and she was really cute, but she, oh, did she stink. She, they came in, and I was like, whoo. Didn't, she didn't bad night. Just walked in, started shopping. She had this big bundle of stuff, and. Um, she got a tweet from. I don't know. No, <laughs> so finally she comes up. She's like, oh, do you have a bathroom? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go use it, please. Get get this thing change it you know it was, oh no. it was bio or it was poopy it was poop she okay. had poop she, so okay. she right. oh man and then so and she she had brought in this huge bin full of stuff and then this other woman came in like while they were over there and so i had this huge bin of stuff uh, and i'm i started looking through it and it's all just junk it's just crap it's all dirty and it was she must have had a garage sale and it was like all it was all marked and it was marked higher than i would even mark it you know but it was all junk and this this other woman comes up and she's like oh I really like your store, blah, 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 blah. This is, I, but I, and, and I can't find it. All the other ones went out of business, blah, blah, blah. This is a boring story, isn't it? So it turns out that she usually goes to Chicago to the, to the fancy uh, resale stores because they don't know the difference between Zutano and blah, blah, blah. And this is boring, isn't it? This is a boring story. It doesn't really go anywhere. This is your day. This is a day in your yeah, life. But it was, I mean, yeah, I guess it was more interesting because it was like different people that I had talked to and different people that I had met, new people, but it's boring, isn't it? I didn't say it's boring. It's just yeah. Well, it is. Is there a punchline coming, or is well, there not a... really. I mean, the girl, you know, stinky girl. You had a stinky the, girl. I mean, then that, the woman that was, that was a good aspect. Of another, but yeah, there was okay. I, I mean, thinking back, there's I had twenty five customers. It's not. It's day, not a challenge, and, and they were all different, and they all hang they on. All a had a story to tell, and I and I got to know them a little bit. I talked to them. I had I had conversations, different conversations with them. I priced up, you know, three bins of clothing, put it out there, organized my store. Um, hang on a second. Oh, hang Amy on. came in, who look, I haven't look, seen in like six stop, months. Stop, she brought stop, a bunch of cool stop, stuff. Stop! 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 Um, all of that stuff kind of sounds a little mundane you to me. Hang on, to me. Uh, and uh, I don't. I mean, yes, you've had a lot to say. Go. <laughs> continue. I saying. know. I was just bullshitting. Um, I mean, I'm just. Um, what were you going to say? Sounds mundane. No. no, I was just kidding. It sounds mundane to you, but... Uh, 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 because a lot of people that you tell that story aren't going to necessarily care that you, you priced up three bins of clothing, right? There's no punchline in there. There's no action in there. There's no, right, like... Right, exactly. But here's what I'm, what I'm hearing, though, is that you had fun today at work. Yeah, yeah. And I do. So almost every day, yeah. you didn't have fun when you were working in your cubicle view trying to send faxes and Xerox. You know, something, something just occurred to me. What's that? And I'm yeah. not, but but let me finish. Neither one of those necessarily makes for a good story, but it it all comes down to how you felt during the day. 
And so you feel like, oh, oh I right. got a really good story so, because I had a lot of fun today. And then maybe you get into your story and blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, his eyes are glassing over. He's glazing over. I'm just talking about price tags and price yeah. bins. And uh, this really is actually not that, uh, right. you know. But anyways. All right. I, something just occurred to me. And what just occurred to me is that uh, I every job that I get, it lasts about two years or three years. Uh-huh. And then... And it's and it's really interesting, and I can talk about it, and I'm excited about it, and then I kind of get to know the whole thing inside and out, and then it becomes boring, and then I'm like, this has become boring. I want to move on to something else. Were you at your last job for three years? It seemed like you were only there for like eight months. Oh no, I, well, I was about a year and a half, but that kind of that kind of ended in an explosion. That that kind of imploded that was a really weird situation okay but what was the point so how many years have you been working at the monkey are you saying you're gonna get tired of it soon i don't know i because it's it's because i'm in charge and now it's your store yeah since i, mean, I have huge, more control it's like difference. yeah it's like okay you know what all right i can i can paint i can i'm gonna tear the whole thing apart on the inside redo the whole thing i have and now i'm actually starting to like shoot out I've been doing this for a long time, but I'm really starting to actually follow up on the tendrils that have been shot out, the, the networking that I've been kind of laying down. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, to, to you know, build a business, you don't just, like, jump into it and, and, and expect it to, to, like, go gangbusters overnight. I don't know. Maybe you do if you have a lot of money to throw at it and, and that's the way it works. But I, 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 I wanted to build up kind of a feeling in the, in the, in the uh, community. And I think I've kind of finally started to get that. You know, because I actually I posted something on my on the on the monkey Facebook page today. Somebody posted back, and they came in, and they were like, "Hey, yeah, I saw your post, and I thought, well, I gotta come in today." You know, and it was I was like, "Wow, that was kind of an exciting story for me." For you, even though it was like super corporate. I mean, I'm sure Walmart gets 500 posts a day on their Facebook page or whatever. I bet you, you Walmart know. has a Facebook and a Twitter page. Right, right, exactly. exactly. And they probably tweet out sales. And, so, and they're probably like, oh my god, we we only got 440 today. Oh, they don't care. There's nobody... Oh, I'm nobody. sure there's, there's probably a whole department that works on their social media. The, the Twitter department? Oh, of course there is. There's probably 10 people. Yeah. I guarantee it. Anyways. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. The point is, um, I... I the, my, my last couple jobs, yeah, I kind of got sick of and... With the monkey, it's like I can do whatever the hell I want. I can tear that place apart and rebuild it. I can I can change. I can subtly start changing the price. I can start jacking the prices up and see what happens. I can like run a little experiments on it. Well, yeah, sure. I can it's... I can try to change my clientele. All right, you know what? I'm sick of taking this junk. I'm sick of these low income people that have no money that get their their clothing from from. Uh, from the Salvation Army and then bring it in here trying to get better stuff. I'm sick of that. I'm just going to cut it off all the way and say, nope, I don't even want it. I can start being an asshole, you know, and only start taking high quality stuff. Uh, I can I can focus more on, on toys instead of clothes. I can start focusing more on girls' clothes or boys' clothes. I can, I mean, I can start focusing on different age ranges. Right now, I'm really kind of mired in baby to about four because that's where my kids have a tendency to lie, right? That's, that's where they're... Have a tendency. That's exactly where they are. That's where they are. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of general when I speak, if you haven't noticed that. They have a tendency to lie between 18 months and three years. Yeah, that's because... Uh, anyway. That's because they're 18 months and three years old, but, you know. But the tendency is there. Yes. Uh, that's not to say that I wouldn't bring home something that's 18 months and try to stick it on my three-year-old. See, now... Just, just for the hell of it, or... My own shirt. The other day, I had this shirt that I was like, oh, I don't like this shirt anymore. It doesn't really fit me. I stuck it on Logan for a bib because I couldn't find a bib. So I like, I was like, where's your arms? Where are your hands? I'm like, here you go. And then he's got this huge shirt on. He's like toddling around. It was really funny. He looked like Jesus, you know? Anyways. Oh, there you go. Jesus, Logan. That's a good story. But see, that was mundane, wasn't it? That was like, oh, I got a kid and I stuck my shirt on him. I mean, that was a stupid, boring story, but you can make it, I guess I can make it fun because of my way of speech, my turn. That is for our audience to decide. Hi. (laughs) What do you think, folks? Can I sit in a chair and narrate a whole movie? Would you buy a ticket? I'm speechless. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm actually uh, still kind of puzzled by not the living on the edge, but what it is you want to do. Or <laughs> I want to. I mean, oh, hang on a second. Like you, you, you just were very excited, very animated about 
everything you just told me, and none of it to me is anywhere near any edge of any kind. Um, okay, but it Living sounds like that's it's like, like a lot. Of, there's there's some passion there because like, and I kind of I kind of get it, and actually I kind of feel a little bit envious uh, whenever I see a small business succeeding because it's like wow, I mean that's really cool, like a local business. Like for example, RP's Pasta. They were at uh, the Willie Street Pasta, and the guy he had a truck with a trailer, and he had like all of his kids there, and then he had like his family there. And on the trailer, they had set up a um, a table with a tablecloth, and like his family was sitting there, like mock eating pasta. And he's just walking down, like, "Hey, everybody, thanks, thanks, we really appreciate it. Yeah, these are my kids. Yeah, and the, the, the pasta that you buy is gonna send them to college. Woo! Thank you. I'll keep making the pasta. And he he looks like he's doing well. He's very he was totally happy. Um, there's a liquor store just up the street, and uh, when they moved in, I was like, "Oh man, this is." terrible demographic i mean you got like it's it's like way up on cottage grove road it just it seemed to me it seems like a kind of an odd location for a liquor store well i stopped in today to get beer and i was like hey you know i mean what how's business going he's like i i can't even keep up you know it's it's so busy here i was like really where where's everybody coming from yeah yeah and he's like wow we get there and the people don't want to go to spot they don't want to go to woodman's they come here i was like well yeah hey man good for you good for you that's awesome you know and, Locked out. But what's my point? My point is, is that these guys, like, they're maybe they probably have their vacations and whatnot, and they probably have some fun. But they're not necessarily living on the edge. But they're happy with their lives because they're doing something that they want to be doing, and they're they've got a, a modicum of success out of it as well. Yeah, but aren't you doing what you want to be doing? No, I mean, yes and no. I mean, uh, first and foremost... You work so that you can enjoy your, your time off. First I mean, you and get a lot of vacation, well, you get to I mean, spend it with your family. First and foremost, I want to make sure that the family is taken care of. and Healthcare. My job fulfills that that requirement. But I mean, would I want to run my own business? Absolutely. Of course I would. I mean, that, that, I think that would be great to have my own little brick-and-mortar shop. Even though almost in today's economy, having your own brick-and-mortar shop doesn't really make all that much sense because you're paying rent and whatnot. I mean, having a store like yours is different. You can't really do – you could do that kind of online, but then liquor stores, obviously, you have to have a store. But – I think it's different. But there's I mean, something online, about like home all the time. right, like it's, it's great. You to can get run over your there. own business from your basement, but I I I, I think it, there's a, a romantic view I have of yeah. hanging my hat in my yeah. my shop and sure. and you know like whatever you're right painting it's, it or putting a rug on the left i think the right. i still have that romantic view of it and even yeah. though i'm i've been doing it for two and a half years i haven't i have yet to have a romantic well anyway okay so uh, that's yes I, I i see all all the point you're making there um and and to 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 kind of attack the or not attack but like uh, defend no to to discuss accentuate my point accentuate let's let's to to examine the living on the edge because that seems to be the the, what you've glommed down to when i when i said said that i know but what i think more what i meant was not the the climbing a a wall in yosemite right we we got we've we've clarified that i think i meant that and and this all comes back to what I said that I had been thinking about a lot lately, and that is, storytellers have a tendency to kind of dwell on, and strive for, and define themselves, and therefore relate much more of uh, uh, of, of their experience in life, and and um, kind of relate to. Those those times in their lives when it was kind of extreme, when it was uh, in terms of their own lives, not necessarily, you know, oh, extreme sports where you were going to ride a bull. No, what something that that I personally did that was out of the norm. I wonder though if, and I bring that back and talk about that instead of like oh yeah well and no. so i kind of strive to get there more often you know i wonder if that's more pertinent towards an actor than a storyteller uh, um, like an actor like a good actor is able to recall like if he's got a sad part he can recall his puppy dying or whatever and can dig into life experience both. i think they're both try the same. to like bring that to the scene. i think it's just i think it's the but same kind of I'm, personality i think it's just different execution some people are more comfortably being on stage acting it out some yeah. people are more comfortable 
I think it's people that have a, a particular mindset. Some people are more comfortable playing it on, on music if they get if they know music really well. Some people are better writing it down because they what have. What kind a of stories kind are we telling here, though? I mean, like just a retelling of something that's happened, or like a like a unique creative story. Um, you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about Ugg and and Chalk Chalk. Oh, to Chalk Chalk and. Uh to talk talk anyways yeah? I'm thinking about the 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 history of of movie making and and storytelling and sitting around the fire and you got the guys that were like oh, I'm gonna go out and kill that mammoth because okay and maybe this is what I've been thinking about because we got I got these contractors coming tomorrow mm-hmm. these guys this guy I talked to this guy he's like oh, we're gonna dig this thing out of here and we're gonna do this thing you know and he, that's what he does every day. He digs concrete and pours concrete and digs concrete and pours concrete. I don't know. Maybe he has an ATV or a... Or a uh, he probably has an ATV. He probably has a He probably has ski. a boat. I'm sure he has a boat. Right. So, and on his weekends, he loads up the jet ski and we're going to ride this jet ski. We're going to ride this ATV. Well, now don't judge the concrete I know. Guy. I'm just... Okay, but... The concrete guy is a guy who may or may not have a high school education who's able to pull down $60,000, $70,000 a year by pouring concrete. Thing is, his back is going to be pulled and he's going to be almost arthritic and useless when he's 65 years old and probably not have any savings to show for because he's been working for himself and doesn't have any sort of health care plan. You so got, don't get down on the concrete. You got ninety percent of of the of the people are out there doing that. They are breaking their backs to provide sustenance mm-hmm. for the the village and a little fun. Right now, who writes down the history of the village? Who kind of decides? Hey, we're going to start doing this agriculture thing because we won't have to go and break our backs so much, and we won't have so many health care costs if we start. You know, f- focusing on on our diet a little bit more and do a little more exercise. It's the guys that that the storytellers that think about things instead of go and kill kill mammoth, cut mammoth, eat mammoth. The, the guy that's hunting the mammoth is Hump probably mammoth. not writing the Make stories. Baby mammoth. <laughs> he, he might be telling the storyteller the story. The story. Oh, you humped a mammoth. See now, there you go. This. St- I think maybe there's something that it's you have. Stra- it's straddling the the both worlds exactly. Mm, you might have a storyteller who is very articulate with words and the pen, but can't. And get you out have Ock who's like, mm, I I killed mammoth and then I hump it, and the, and the writer's just like, that's fascinating. And he sits down, and he writes down a, a sixteen page uh, 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 you novella know, novella of of Ock who, who who murdered a mammoth and then humped it and then. Brought it back and was shamed by the village. You know, he comes up with this huge creative story. Now, I mean, that's I guess what makes the Beth Mammoth meat, though. Beth Mammoth meat, <laughs> meat. Now, the the writer it's been tenderized. The writer didn't hunt or hump the mammoth, but he got a little inspiration <laughs> from a- Auk, who did it. So, I mean, every story has to come from a place of of truth. For some, you know, I mean, even a sci-fi story, a lot of it has to come from someplace, and it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you've done. It can be something that you've heard or something that's really influenced you. Maybe it's maybe it's evolution that I'm talking about. Here's here's. I mean, what, what, Here, why wait. push forward? Why change? Oh, if we're, if we're happy li- swimming in the water and eating these little fish, but then it's, then it becomes a physical thing. So maybe it's, maybe it's a physical thing. What? Maybe, um, what's a physical thing? Evolution. Excuse me. What drives evolution? I think, and it, this is, this is like a turning point. This the is like X a. X gene. Well, this is this is like a fulcrum in, in time right now. Uh, not necessarily right now, but when I say right now, I, I again, it's like very general. It's in the last 100, 400, 2,000, 3,000 years. Because if you think about time, you think about evolution, it's, it's been millions and millions of years, if you buy into whatever. Um, it's only been is, around for like 4,000 years. Is that, Jesus is that, and then before Jesus. The point Jesus. Is, is that if you look at, at evolution of animals, if you look at the evolution of human beings for the last million years, okay, it's all been driven by what? Physical, environment, uh, sunlight, rain patterns, uh, growth patterns, heat. It's been physical environment, right? We as human beings can engineer the future we can engineer our evolution that's the that's the key wait 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 
How do we go from living on the edge and having experiences and being storytellers to engineering our future? Because those storytellers used to have to go out and, and, and find that edge. To, no, to, no, to no, 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 because Ock comes back and tells the storyteller, like, mm, mm, hunt and hump, fun, and the storyteller turns hunt, hump, and fun into 16 pages of this this amazing story, which is found in a desert island 2,000 years later, like, this is part of the Bible, we must add it to okay, our story, and it okay. the Lord. <clears throat> and so what's disappearing in today's world? Hunt, hunt, hump, and fun. <laughs> hunt, because, hump, and fun. Because those writers that have taken that knowledge that Ock has gone out and gained Humped. those writers and those engineers and those those uh, those really and those really smart people have figured out ways that we don't have to go out and hunt and hump anymore. Mm-hmm. We can just we can just create things. We can we can we can start the the ball rolling so that we don't even have to work anymore. We can just sit on our ass. So now everybody starts to become writers. And when you get when instead of that ninety to ten ninety to ten ratio of of workers and and you know hunters to ten percent writers and storytellers that that kind of you know thought about the stories that they brought back, all of a sudden it becomes ten percent workers and ninety percent thinkers. Why evolution is not going to be driven by the the mammoth herds anymore because we're going to be able to control those mammoth herds with as, our minds with not with our well yes with our minds <laughs> but through uh, the 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 manipulation of feed feeding habits uh, genetic modifications gene of those, splicing gene splicing genetic human modific- animal hybrids do you see what I'm saying though the future sounds scary it, it is a little bit scary it's already there but human uh, human hybrid the point. What's the point? I don't know. What is the point? The point was storytelling. There was a funny there was, band was name a, in there. Oh, hump the hump the wumpus. Uh, no humping retort. Hump, hump the mammoth. <laughs> hunt the wumpus. Hunt the mammoth. Hump the mammoth. Isn't that a that's a, that's going to be a good name, band name, isn't it? Here was something that point. captured my imagination. I was listening to hump, public radio. Hump the mammoth. The, that's a new that's a new segment I think on public radio. Uh, yeah. Pubic radio. It's pubic radio. It's hump the wumpus. No hump the mammoth. So I was listening to public radio the other day, and here's something that really captured my imagination. I'm going to throw something at you. Ooh, big and heavy. <laughs> and Not bad. Apparently... Don't spit beer at me, if whatever you do. What they've been doing is... <laughs> You're just not happy unless you can hear yourself. Isn't that what's happening? You were listening to public radio the other day, and here's what happened. I, I, some awkward noises were coming out of the microphone and, and stuff. No, uh, uh, it captured my imagination. It was amazing. And with that, we should probably wrap it up. No, what was it? <laughs> no, it was, uh, they've been uh, uh, scanning the skies with their telescopes, and they've been finding these uh, stars... Uh, 16 light years away or, or a long ways away, something that we really can't reach with our current uh, technology that are somewhat habitable, I guess, and have like their, 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 these little stars that face other stars and these other stars have like um, uh, enough energy to heat up the surface of the planet. The thing is, is that instead of being, uh, what does the earth do around the sun? I Spin, mean, it rotate. spins, it, it, it like, it orbits the sun, but it also spins on its own axis. Yep. So it's like two forms. <clears throat> These only, or like the moon, like what the moon does to us. It's a like a geosynchronous satellite that the, fa- the, the, the piece of the moon that faces us always faces us, right? Because the moon's not spinning on an axis, I don't think. I think there's like the dark side of the moon and then there's the light side of the moon. Well, same thing with these stars that are orbiting other stars that are habitable. Um... One side of the planet is always in light, or, or star, I should say, is always in light, and the other side is always in dark. And the side that's in light is always at 140 degrees, and the other side's at negative 20 degrees. And then the equator, which is the habitable area, is always about 65 degrees. Planets, you mean? They kept saying star, like it wasn't a planet. Like, I don't know what... I, I, the definition of a planet is maybe something that spins on its own axis and also spins around a sun. Because they were talking about this as being a star, but they were also talking about it being habitable. But that's not even the important part. The important part here... Well, a star is a ball of exploding gas. Can it be a physical hunk of something? Well, it is a physical hump of something. It's a, it's a physical chunk of hydrogen that's, that's being fused into helium. Okay. 
So it's at, at, at like 140,000 degrees. Well, here was the other thing is that a full rotation around the sun or the star that it rotates is 37 days. So it's a very small chunk of matter in the in the sky. Well, I guess we can call it a planet. I, I was on the road and I wasn't like trying to get all the details. But the thing that really captured my imagination, I don't even know why. And again, this goes back to the writer thing is that, uh, and I haven't been to this place, but the, the idea that there's this place that's always like in a ring basically is about 65 degrees and is the habitable area and then you've got a ultra hot side of the planet an ultra cold side like really kind of captured my imagination as like a like a really good uh science premise fiction for a science set, setting yeah fiction story of like this 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 habitable planet but then it even got a little bit further where like you got Earth, and he was talking about, like, well, the uh, host of the uh, NPR show was like, well, how long would it take to get there? And he's like, it would take multiple generations. You would send up a ship. That generation would die. They would have kids. <clears throat> that generation would die. They would have kids. That generation would die. They would have kids. And those kids, the the great-great-great-great-grandchildren of the original explorers would be the ones that eventually landed on the planet. Because it would take, it's 16 light years or 16 million light years or some long distance sure. away. And so, like, the thing that I was thinking is like, well, okay, so four generations is how many years? Let's call it generation, what, 40 years or 30? Yeah, so 120 years. So it takes 120 years to get from Earth to this planet, right? What if during that 120 years, like, say 60 years after they send that they've developed a ship that's light speed that, that can, go can go catch up yeah that can go there sure. in six days that's what i thought about it too yeah right and then so they could like meet up with that other ship pick them up and say hey, hey look at this Choo! i don't know was that yeah. how the story would go or what if like well i'm i'm kind of in the middle of xenocide and that's kind of what they're doing with they are talking a yeah, lot maybe they, that's they, kind of what also sparked it but i was kind of thinking like maybe there's like this physical barrier where when when you're in light speed and it takes six days to get this planet you yeah. can't stop and you can't meet so you get there oh and by the time this this planet the, the, this ship gets to this ring planet that and that's just kind of like the backdrop like you know the, the it's just this backdrop where like you could have like some adventure on one day where some well, I can see. I can see. I mean, I already have a. I already have a plot line laid out because you got on the cold side. You got certain creatures and beings that oh. have like evolved to live on the cold side, mm-hmm. and they're kind of in in a, in a war with the with the creatures. With the hot side. Yeah. Either they're in the war with them, or they don't even know that they exist. And so that when we show up and we start living in this habitable zone, maybe there's a different race in there, and they're like kind of always the peacekeepers or, or whatever, or they're they're like they farm something from over here and something from over there, and then we start we we throw like a like a wrench in there and they're yeah i mean there or, could be a lot of different uh or maybe scenarios that you could that you could build a great science fiction that, story that there. middle zone is completely uninhabitable by the life that's on there and we land there we're like oh we found this uninhabited planet but then we kind of be the barrier between the cold side and the hot side and we meet up with each other because we're able to live in negative 20 degrees Fahrenheit. Sure, yeah. we wouldn't want to live there but you could certainly visit it and you could certainly explore it same thing with because because degrees. maybe there's some really good mining over there that's sure. where all the all the gold crystallized or but whatever. here's the thing so 65 years later after the ship is launched it takes you six days to get there and 45 years later or however many years this other ship lands and they're like oh we're finally gonna get there we're the first explorers that are ever gonna step step on this planet and they get out there and they're like hey it's like new york York city welcome to the planet we've been waiting for there's like banners and stuff like welcome to the planet uh what I just thought, like, wow, you know, that's just kind of an odd concept. This whole time and light speed. Let's do a Lego stop motion movie of that. Of that. Of that transpiring. Yeah, that, but then, that's like, a great science fiction. In the fiction book or in the right movie there. or whatever, you you kind of flash like the the explorers on their ship that's taking 120. He's like, oh, so excited. The grandfather always told me this day was coming, and I can't believe I'm the one that gets to be so. Lucky that is to be a the great one. plot line, right there. I don't know. And there you go. So, I mean, I guess storytelling to a certain degree doesn't necessarily come from a place of of doing that because nobody's done that. Now, I've read other science fiction authors that have right. come up with like the light speed drive and, and various forms of travel and whatnot. But yeah, just that, that idea of the cold side and the hot side just kind of being like a backdrop for a science fiction story just really was like, oh, that could really work. I could really do something. And then the guy also said like, they're all over the place. He's like we're able to chart like a tenth of a percent 
of the sky with the time that we have available to us for these telescopes. And already we found like six of these things. So if we found six of these things, and I, what, what he said was the amount of time that they have is like 13 days across the span of an entire year. That's all they get with this uh, telescope and then somebody else gets it. And that's how many that they found in this, this short time frame. He's like, if we found this many in this time period, they must be everywhere. Wow. But just so far away that it's not at this well, point. Well, 13 light right. years is not really that far. Oh, well, I mean, what is a light year? Uh, it's 186,000 times 365 miles. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of far. It's <laughs> pretty far, <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, all right. Look at it this way. Anyways. Let, let's look at it this way. Um, the sun uh -huh. is 93 million miles away. It's not even a light year away. It takes eight minutes. So the from, sun, oh. so if you were traveling at light speed, it would take you eight minutes to go from here to the, the, the sun. sun. Okay. And so, as and look how far away. And the sun is ninety three million miles away. Okay. So if something is thirteen light years away, it's now light. It's three hundred sixty five. Wait, wait. It so eight minutes is how many eight? How many times eight is sixty? Well, there's eight times eight is sixty four. So eight times eight times twenty four times three hundred sixty five times ninety three million <laughs> is how far away that is. <laughs> yeah, that's how many miles it is. Yeah, so, so you're talking like you're talking like, like, like it's like a hop, skip, and a jump, it away. The other thing though, this five is five times ten to the fifteenth or something. The you're other talking a thing really that it did number. was it kind of made me a little depressed. Cause I'm driving down the road, and as a kid, you're like, when you're when you're like five or six years old, and you're watching Star Wars or Star Trek, or you got your space Legos or whatever, you're like, oh, you know, I'm not. You're not thinking that you're so young, but you're thinking that like forty, the age forty is so far away. Yeah. And by the time yeah. age forty comes around, the year two thousand, this stuff. Oh that, my God, the this, year two thousand. Well, this stuff that we've been seeing on the movie screen and in comic books, like this is, I'm gonna. Right, the Jetsons. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> the Jetsons have been around since longer than I've been alive. Right, all of this stuff is is potentially going to be real, 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 and I'm going to be able to do it. And then, so I'm 34, and I'm driving down the road, listening to this guy being like, "Well, you know, with current technology, you know, we, we it would probably take us, you know, four generations to get to this little star and bubble." I'm like, oh, "Man, that wow. that means that I am never going to get a chance to drive around in a spaceship." Yeah. You know, it's like, oh. it kind of depressed me a little bit. It's like, I got to deal with a shitty economy and, and a whole bunch of like political and you're garbage. Never and I'm not going to get to the Star Trek aspect where everyone's no like, holo, yay, holodeck. there's no money. We're all just explorers. <laughs> Exploring would be nice. I, I don't get that. And I'm kind of upset. And that makes me hopeful that there is something about reincarnation. So then I enrolled into a oh. Buddhist camp. Did you? That's sweet. <laughs> Kidding. All right, that's what we're going to talk about next week, folks. Uh, my adventures in the Buddhist camp. Uh, thank you. I actually, I actually talked about Lily. Uh, I talked to Lily about Venus Buddhism? and how she we're... could be the first woman on Venus, and she was like, "Yeah, there's Venus." Yeah, because like all the, there was no stars, but there was Venus, and and she's always like pointing out the moon and stuff. I'm like, if you want to be an astronaut, you could, you could be the first woman up there, and you could you could explore Venus. That's true. That'd Venus, be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Venus is a realistic target. Unfortunately, yeah. this this habitable star of mine is not. Not necessarily. They're they they're gonna find little wormholes and shit. Moore's they're, law, hopefully. They're gonna figure that. Oh, eighteen months. Yeah, there, there you go. go. All right. Jesus, well, I can't believe. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Buddhism next week. It's gonna be wonderful. It's gonna be fantastic. We're gonna solve the Rubik's cube on on air <laughs> live. Oh, it's live. gonna be. A... <laughs> it's I gonna be sweet. It. We did it. In All right. Thirty thank seconds. You. Yeah, don't uh, don't don't hunt your don't hump your walrus. Don't piss on the habitable zone. <laughs> <laughs>